The flyover state sports show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? Welcome back to the Fly Over State Sports Show. I am your full and fed host, Sam Long, and I am joined by Mr. Caleb the Bean Jubal on today. How's show. it going, Samuel the Long Dong Long? And that's a terrible nickname. Sorry. How's it going? I started that intro off so terribly, but it's because I'm full of baked ziti and ready to blabble on for the next hour and a half, two hours. That's an early supper, man. Well, I get off work at like 3.30. So like, what am I to do? Like, I guess that's true. Like, starve or eat. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If I'm not cooking for myself, then like, I don't want to leave town and then go back into town to grab something to eat. So, I mean, like, I cooked. I watched the... Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, like History of Minnesota Vikings documentary. Shout out to John Boyce, Alex Rubenstein on Secret Base, and uh, ate my dinner. Oh yeah, that sounds that sounds like a blast. Not gonna lie, R- riveting response by you. Nothing like a two second. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds great. Watched, have you ever watched a uh, John Boyce and Alex Rubenstein like history doc? I maybe no, I probably not. Means I'm giving you homework. Okay. Okay. I want you and I to watch together this Minnesota Vikings documentary so we can talk about it for content. Okay. Okay. So just right like uh, now, just like just like the uh, Milf Manor. This is different because (laughs) that was just me like watching it. Honestly, I should. I don't even. What is it on? I don't even remember what it was on. Milk Manor. Do you remember what it was on? Was it Hulu? Was it on Hulu? God, I don't have ad free Hulu, so. But you have Hulu. I have Hulu by default. I don't think anyone actually. Okay, there's two type of types of people who have Hulu. People who have it for live sports. So weirdos, you're a weirdo. Do you not just pay for regular cable? No. Why not like YouTube TV? You can get like an NFL Sunday ticket through that. Um, I just need Chiefs games. We'll just pay for uh, like. Well, I don't pay for it. Lauren's mom does. Oh, there. Okay, so you're not a weirdo. Warren's mom is a weirdo. Yeah, yes. Now, if she were, she's talked about cutting the cord on Hulu, and I'm like... Oh, I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say cut the cords. Like, she already cut the fucking cord. No, like, she's talking about, like, you know, like, Ixnay on the Hulu A, and I'm like, no, because I need football I mean, on Sundays. All you have to do is subscribe to, like, Peacock, Amazon Prime, and, like, Paramount Plus. And then you just cut it, like, when football season's not on. It's all you need. I We use her Amazon Prime, too. Or we use her Amazon TV, too. So. There the, the, the fuck you go. You don't have to pay 
Amazon Prime. By the way, yeah. here Amazon Prime, like buying, like having the streaming aspect of Amazon Prime is like literally like the most. I bought Amazon Prime to have Amazon Prime. Like I don't get like everything else that streams on there is a bonus for me. <laughs> it's just like, free. It's just awesome. Yeah, no, it is just it's what it is, right? Like I, don't, I yeah. use Amazon Prime for Amazon like more than I use it for streaming anything. Oh yeah, like don't knock on some of that stuff because like I will like go on there every now and then. I'm like, oh, that looks like a good like good job, Amazon. That's a good movie. I want to watch that. Like well, no, sometimes like, they're like okay. sometimes they're like a week ahead of everybody else. Hey, 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 have you ever watched Invincible on Amazon Prime? I mean, I oh the show, the show, yes, the show. Oh no, I hear it's good though. Beans, that show, incredible. I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before. So they're coming out with season two either later this year or like next year. I can't remember when. Writers strike, actors strike. Yeah, knows when things are actually going to be coming out. But so it's like a, it's like six hours of content, right? It's eight episodes. They're all like forty five ish minutes or so. Yeah, right. I remember i I said to myself, I want to watch this show, and I had every intention that I was going to watch two episodes. And then go to bed because it's Sunday night and I like had yeah. nothing else to do. I like was not wanting to play Xbox and I just wanted to watch TV. I played the first two episodes. And so it's like 9.30. And I'm like, 11 o'clock bed doesn't sound like too bad, right? Like I'm yeah. enjoying this. I'll just do this half and then I'll come back from work tomorrow, finish it. Whatever, like after work. Because I got this window from like, Three to four when I get back home to seven, I'll like grab dinner, play Xbox that night. It'll be great. I get through the next two episodes, 11 o'clock, and I'm like, we're going all the way. I watched the whole thing on a Sunday night from eight o'clock to two in the morning. God damn. I watched the whole thing. It was that good. And I, here's the thing I had seen stuff. It, that spoiled the ending. So I knew kind of like the ending and everything. And yeah. I still wanted to see how it ended. Damn. I'm going to have to watch it then. I it, like, I mean, it's incredible. Like it's, I, it's I'm, such, I'm pretty big on superhero stuff. So it's such a good show. And there's a spinoff episode. So what, this isn't like going to be a spoiler or anything necessarily, but there's mm -hmm. a spinoff episode for one of the characters. There's this girl, her name is, her hero name. I don't remember what her full name is. I kind of watched it all in one sitting, so I kind of don't remember exactly everyone's name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I know what everyone's superhero names are. But, um, her name is, like, Adam Eve because her... I think her middle name is, like, Eve... Some form of Eve. I can't remember what it is. It could be, like, Evelyn or Eve or whatever. Yeah, but her power is like she can control control atoms. So like, essentially, it'd be like if you handed her a like bag of rocks, she could change it into a hamburger. Oh, that's weird. So and so she can like manipulate atoms and shit. And oh, so that's it, creepy. It's like a one episode origin story for this, like fifty minutes, I think. That's kind of a pretty cool superpower to have. 
Yeah, I won't spoil like anything okay. else from like the one episode because you really should watch the. Uh, you really should watch the uh, one episode. It it is pretty good. Okay. But uh, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a shot. You should, bro. It it's so dude. What you're gonna want to do though is you're gonna want to block out like four hours. Because you're gonna want to watch the whole thing all at once. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of watching, have you seen a good movie recently, Beans? Because we oh man last episode. I know, and we never did follow through because we forgot. I don't even Uh, know what we're talking about. Ah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that that that, that, we're talking about right now. uh, The Oppenheimer movie. (laughs) Beans. Do I need to do a spoiler warning for everyone now? Are we going to spill mass amount of information, or are we going to keep it mostly non-spoiler? Just keep it non-spoiler. I, yeah, because I don't right. think what we're going to say is going to spoil anything. Well, well, first of all, I don't know how you can really spoil this movie because, like, it's history. Like, yeah, read a book, nerd. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, uh, this leads me into a second question. I have an I actually do have a thought provoking moment for you at the end of the show, but this is like just a question. What what is the amount of time to where like you are no longer in spoiler territory for a movie, I should say? So like if I mention so like let's say there's a really popular movie. And we're talking at the water cooler at work, and I say, oh, yeah, this guy, like, turning out to be the bad guy was a crazy twist in this movie. Like, You know, we might be past spoiler, you know, a week in it. Like, I think it's two weeks. I think it's two weeks is a good. Yeah, I think it's two weeks because part of me almost wants to say three, but like, I don't feel bad for you if you can't make it to a movie. In a two week span, like if with two weekends, like that should be God's given plenty to go see a movie. Well, I, I think it's three week. I think technically it's three weekends, right? Kind of, oh, okay. like not really. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying like if a movie comes, movies come out on Thursdays, right? Yeah. So I think you get that weekend, and then you get the next two full weeks. Monday when I come back to work, so I guess this is technically like sixteen days. Yeah. That Monday I come back to work, I'm telling you like everything that happened in that movie. You had three mm-hmm. weekends to go see this thing, and like we know, like we have known that this movie. There's obvious exceptions. If you know that someone, like I don't know, was having a baby and they came back, like that's obviously different. But like, if it's just like, oh, like guy with wife and two like kids who are like five and eight, like bro, you have three weekends to get a babysitter. And you had like two months to arrange it. Yes. Because like you know when the movie's coming out. That's my thing. If the movie dropped at a random, it'd be different. But it's like, oh yeah, this movie's coming out like October 21st. Like everywhere. And it's like, wait a minute. It's like August. You have time. Yeah, no. It. So, okay, let's get into the movie. Okay. So, Beans. What was your favorite part of the movie? Cliche says the bomb scene. The bomb scene was pretty dope. But 
I would say the very end of the movie when he's like walking away from Einstein, like just oh that part, it just like connects it all together. Like you see, I I from the beginning. I think my favorite scene. And I think it's just because I'm a sucker for... I don't want to say... Because it's not a twist. If I knew... Like, everyone who, like, knows any sort of history would know this. But, like, basically, when Strauss explains, like, everything that has led up to the events of the trial... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm a sucker for, like, the characters, like, laying out, like, all the inner workings of things. I thought that was really... I thought that was dope. Um, I also liked uh, in the movie how like it would portray itself from black and white to color, and that's yes. the two different perspectives of Oppenheimer. I, I thought uh, that Oppenheimer. was really funny how like, all the past scenes were in color and the current scenes were in um, black and white. But it almost makes me think... Because like, that would have been like the TV picture color like from that time. If there was TV. Well, it's supposed to change. It's, it changes. It's the perspective. So if it was in color, it was an Oppenheimer's perspective. If it was in black and white, it was Strauss's perspective. I, I suppose that works too. Um, also, did so I'm a real big sucker on that kind of like the hidden meaning behind stuff. I, so, I guess I never picked up on that. I guess I always, I, I guess, I mean, I obviously picked up on present day versus like the past. Yeah. Like, I guess I never uh, picked up on who it was from someone else's perspective. That actually, that actually is really cool. So the there is also another kind of uh, what do you, I don't know what you would call it, like a foreshadowing. So you know how at the beginning of the movie uh, there was raindrops falling on the uh, lake or the pond. Yes. And then at the very end, how like the earth was like being engulfed by flames, but it was in like. Uh, little tiny sections at a time, the water drops represent the earth being like bombed. It was so, it was so cool. Like I like connecting that to there. It, there's just so much meaning behind that. One sec. I have to respond. And then obviously you can't just not mention the bomb scene, you know, I almost want to see it a second time just to see like what I missed. I saw the so I saw an IMAX, which I would recommend. And yes, like, I did it's too. Just, it's just the um, sound from the bomb scene, <sighs> which is so like dope. Um, really, it's just a it's a very beautiful movie in a lot of different perspectives. Um, but I will say the the I think the so two things one and they kind of connect. One, I'm really happy that, like, as much as the movie is about Oppenheimer, they did not uh, shy away from the fact of how big a piece of shit he is. Oh, it was so, crazy like, how I've never seen a movie like where you like kind of like dislike a character and then kind of just almost everyone, feel sorry. For it? Like, nobody, like, you shouldn't like any of these characters after you watch it. Like, no, really. not at all. I, I think you his, almost um, feel you almost feel like a tinge bit of sorrow for him at the end, like just the insiest about, but like not, but like yeah, every part of that movie, you're like yeah. these guys are pieces of shits. 
Yeah, no, because like the thing is, is like you feel bad for like what the government did to him. And again, like go see the movie, you'll figure it out. They they pretty much hit you over the head with it like immediately. But like, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I feel bad that the government did that to him. But boy, this guy's a piece of shit. And two scenes, actually, I'm just gonna talk about the one scene. Um. I don't want to ruin that second scene because that second scene is like crazy. The one like after they detonate the bomb and he's like in yeah. the uh, school. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. But the scene that like literally made me like unfuck. So like I knew that there was a sex scene in the movie like 20 minutes in because like everyone yeah. talked about it. And like that was just kind of like, oh, cool titties, like whatever. You know what I mean? The second sex scene. From the wife's perspective, and her name is evading me. That shit freaked me out with like yeah. the and everything. Doug, that shit made me uncomfortable. Yes. Ugh. No, I agree. That movie was really good, though. I uh, I'm a sucker for a good biopic, but a lot of people and don't like them. I think you and I talked about this, or somebody else talked about this. How like they didn't show like the effects of what the bombs did. I think that's yes, because like, be, that. because they don't want to portray what happened there, but rather more on the people that made the bomb. Yeah. I didn't really yeah. think about that. Cause I, I did want to see like the effects of it. I, but, I like, think if you want to see the effects of it, I mean, you just go and like online. You, well, history. Yeah. You're, you're able to see that. Like the true of it. I, 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 I'm I'm curious to see like how many people look that type of stuff up after this movie. I, to me, I, I like for me, it's like, I know it's devastating. I have like no real interest in like seeing what the interest for me. Realistically, when I like went into this movie was, was I wanted to kind of see like the lead up to it and like what happened and that's why I was so pre- pleasantly just surprised when it was all these different stories at once. Because that yeah. was kind of a big question. I was like, how are they going to make like them making this bomb like super interesting? And they, they answered it because this is really, if you think about it in a really funny way, Oppenheimer is just like Infinity War like in terms of like stru- structure I am hiccuping right now Jesus Christ but in terms of like structure cuz you really do have three different central like plot points that all converge at the end yeah you it's have, like it's like, like it's like pre like build up of Oppenheimer yeah, pre bomb like, him going in like to Los Alamos and like that yeah, you have his hearing, and then you have Strauss's uh, uh, vote or yes. trial or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it wouldn't really be a trial, but and so like all three of them weave in, and it's very similar to Endgame in the sense that like that very much has three stories that go on at once that merge and play off of each other into one central story. No. Yeah. It was such a good movie. I, I recommend everybody to see it. I'm probably going to see it as soon as it's out on, on whatever streaming service that we've talked about. I'm probably going to watch it on that. Like another, 
well, like, so like, and I'm a sucker for long movies. Like, if I'm going to see a movie and I'm going to pay money for it, I want my money's worth. I don't want it to be 90 minutes. I want it to be over two and a half hours. You know I, what I mean? I have no preference on the length of movie if it's good. I would rather yes. a movie. There are so, okay, Indiana Jones is the perfect example. That movie's like two and a half hours long, and they could have, if they cut 30 minutes out of that movie, it's, it's like better. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you want your so movie, like, I want a, a good that makes sense, like the Batman or Oppenheim. the Batman. I've seen them. I've seen the Batman probably a handful of times just because it's long. It's good. And like you, you're just at the edge of your seat the whole movie. That's just like Oppenheimer. It's long. It's good. I, I and you're at that the movie like a couple months ago. That movie is also really good. It is. It, it, and I'm excited for the second one. Oh, my gosh. The second one is going to be just I, as good. That one, too. I. Yeah, man, that movie was good. I, I know a lot of people aren't like the biggest fans of it. I really liked it. So. I really liked it. Yeah, no, and like also in Oppenheimer, how like he name dropped like um, Kennedy, so like he could do like a Kennedy. <laughs> I I was just about to pick that up. The funniest shit about that movie is like, so I I compared it to Infinity War, right? So like mm-hmm. an Avengers movie. The funniest shit is like when they name drop him. It's like they're name dropping a character in the next Marvel movie. He, he probably will do a spinoff of Kennedy or, well, or look, Einstein. The thing is, though, is like there were, there's jokes about it. And I, I know I now know where the internet joke came about. But like the nerd cinematic universe. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. And it's like, oh, like it would be really funny if Christopher Nolan made like a JFK movie and like an Einstein movie and like a Strauss movie. You can yeah, go well, on. This is, I mean, it's kind of a Strauss movie. Yeah, it but, is, but. One of the other side, or like the scientist who does like the A bomb or whatever. Uh, who is the general? Oh, uh, Brad Pitt. I don't know. I can't remember his name. No, no, no. It was Matt Damon, but I forget what the. It was, Did I get those? Wait, two, was it Wink? Am I the it, only was it Winkler? Gets those two confused on a regular basis. I think that's just you. But anyways, the, Matt Damon portrayed that character wrong. Supposedly, that general was like a fat piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, he was kind of a fat piece of shit in the movie. <laughs> Supposedly, like they went, they they weren't even close, but like they did the best they could with Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, I, with uh, a trade has been completed in our League of Ordinary Gentlemen. Oh, the trade that I was trying to do. It'd be really funny if it was, but I doubt it. Oh, I got a third round pick. Oh. Cool. Well, it's your third cool. round pick. Yeah, asshole. Damn. Okay. Lost your spot. I kind of wish I would have gotten Zeke back. You need. You need. You said you need to fill one. Um. Yeah. Let's fill it live on air. I actually did kind of want to keep Adam Thielen, Loki, but like Adam Thielen, like Loki could also just be ass this year. So. I plus yeah. I also paid I paid five dollars for Adam Thielen. But yeah, no, that's a good movie. All right, who are? Oh, Ted Twan made a roster move. Devin, hey, I traded him Devin Duvernay too. What did I trade? I traded him Devin Duvernay in a third for a future second. Sure, this is riveting. 
I'm kind of pissed. I probably could have gotten two thirds for uh, Thielen. I'm sure, this is riveting content for our listeners. But um, let's go ahead and talk I about actually, the. I actually do have an idea of who I want to grab, but I don't want to. Here you take him. Boil the surprise. I low key continue to just give Tetuan like borderline playable players like that just like keep him semi competitive. So I don't know who I want. Who do I want, brother? I don't know. Who do you want? I don't know. Can you get Tom Brady? There you go. you want to figure out a trade while I talk about Michael Orr? I, you know, I had a perfect, like, segue into that, too. Um, I had a perfect segue. It was going to be like, oh, well, you know, we're talking about biopics. Or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That would have been, yeah, and I ruined that one, didn't I? <laughs> well, no, I, what ruined it was, so I had two trades out there. I forgot about that one. I, I also have a trade out there for Deuce Vaughn because I'm a you know absolute sucker for just having Deuce Vaughn on my team. Um, <laughs> I haven't proposed a trade to me. Is it going to be Matt Stafford for something? You know what? Give me Hunter. I, I don't hate that. Um, he, he tried giving me Hunter Henry earlier too. But, I am ruining this podcast. This trade has ruined. We were going so well. Let me think on that one, Gavin. He knows we're on the pod, too. Why doesn't he get on? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it doesn't take any time for him to scroll over and offer a trade to me. Um, we could, you know, you know, we could negotiate a trade live on air. I'm sure that. No. Um, <laughs> I'll give you a first round pick for George Pickens. Let me stew on that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the Pickens. And a I'm third on, round pick for George Pickens. You know, third round pick too. I'm, I'm on the Pickens hype train now. Just. Gavin sent that trade to everybody. Oh, Jesus, hell. Uh, did he offer you Hunter Henry for a third? Yeah. Oh, man. Look at us derailing our podcast. Our listening audience is probably great. I was having a good time, but now these idiots are talking fancy football. Um. The the subtle jab, <laughs> the, the subtle jab, telling him to negotiate on the podcast. Jesus wept. Okay, anyway, so we need to talk about Michael Orr apparently because, despite the fact that Michael Orr has come out and said that he hates this movie, The Blind Side, um, which is a biopic about himself, um, because it portrayed him as stupid, um, it is very very evident that. Uh, he did not like that movie. He did not like how he came off in that movie. And there's probably other reasons he didn't like it because the whole controversy of it right now is that instead of being adopted by the Tuies, so, so basically 
The controversy stems from Michael Orr signed some legal documents when he was about 18 and three months old, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. Basically right after he turned 18. He is alleging that the documents presented to him were like adoption papers, essentially. And that he signed them, whatever. And apparently they were conservatorship papers, which to my knowledge, a conservator whatever is basically like what Britney Spears was dealing with, with her father. Yeah. Someone legal right over your like affairs. I don't know like how indefinite that is. Right. Like, I don't know the ins and outs. I didn't actually read the story because I, uh, I don't know. I hadn't seen the movie in a while. I just remember like, I, I just like the idea that like, you know, I like the idea of the movie, I guess. Not necessarily the white savior aspect of it. I know that's why a lot of people don't like it. Yeah. It's just really the human compassion. Yeah. No, that's that's why I liked the movie when I first saw it was because of the compassion. It's just and it's a good and it's a good story. And now it like takes a whole turn. Yeah. So basically what the whole thing is that, you know, Michael Orr apparently signed over consumer rights or whatever. To the Tuies, and they like have made a ton of money off of like the movie, and he's not seen any, which is really fucked up because it's a oh, movie. I didn't hear that. that. That's been part of it, or I I don't know. They they've made money off of it, and I I think one of the allegations, and again, I didn't read anything on this, so take this with a grain of salt. But I'm pretty sure one of the things with it is like they got money. They split it five ways between mom, dad, two kids, and Michael Orr. And then they got residuals. And then I think they, like, were going to write a check to Michael Orr for, like, the, like, I'm guessing it was probably one-fifth of the residual residuals. And Michael Orr yeah. basically didn't think that he deserved only one-fifth of the res- I don't remember. I, I don't know. Like, I, I genuinely don't know. But basically, Mike, they were going to write him a check for some money. Michael Orr didn't want that amount of money. And apparently, it like somehow ended up in a trust for Michael Orr's kid or something. I don't know. Again, there's a lot of uh, moving parts. Man. There's a lot of moving parts with this thing. I'm sure um, this is like one of those moments where like, I'm not trying to defend them or anything, but I'm sure this is one of those moments where like, oh, this is probably a good thing we should do for him. And then now it just takes a whole different turn and a whole different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my like, god! What happened was I think he wanted like they were gonna write him a check for the money, and he said that's not enough. So instead of just so like they they just made like a fund for him instead. Okay, why do the that two way, other kids need to need to be a part of that? Yeah, they're in the movie too. I guess that's true. Um. Again, I I don't know the ins and outs. I would, you know what, to our listeners, go read an ESPN article over it because they're going to cover it better than I can. The the one thing that I know is that Michael Orr played several years in the NFL and made $30 million guaranteed dollars, which is nice. And that movie grossed a fuck ton of money as well, which, again, I feel like the majority of it should have went to Michael Orr. Like, it probably should have been 50 and then, like, 12 and a 
well, what would that be? 12 and a half, 12 and a half, 12 and a half, 12 and a half. Yeah. And, and the thing is, that rubs a lot of people the wrong way, is that everyone in this movie, including Michael Orr himself, ironically enough, but everyone in this movie seems to have, like, enhanced their lives because of Michael Orr. And Michael Orr might be the least enhanced, if that makes sense. Because, like, theoretically, all he needed to do was get to a place where he could showcase his football acumen. And he would have eventually, you know, gotten there, theoretically. You know what I yeah. mean? But, like, the two he's, like, the mom, at the very least, has, like, a charity or, like, a foundation or whatever. And she does motivational speaking. Apparently, the daughter's, like, an influencer on Instagram. I have no idea. But the, I, I heard that. And you'll never guess what the son does. The son does oh, a no. hilarious job, given the circumstances. Is he, is he like, an actor? No. Also, but, Hugh Freeze is, like, the high school coach, if I remember right. So, like... Oh, cool. Yeah, Hugh Freeze is, like, just casually in that movie. Huh. Um, the son is... The head of the NIL collective at UCF. Oh my god! This is hilarious. <laughs> oh no! Like all these accusations. Like that's the funniest job he could have. Like after all. Oh this. my gosh! That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's what is Gavin blabbering on about? He's just talking into. The he's way. talking about my. He's talking about how Hunter Henry is better than my tight ends. I don't care. I mean, I'll trade for Hunter Henry if uh, I will trade for Hunter Henry if uh, my plan does not work. Yeah, but anyways, I won't. Hunter Henry, anyways, says Mike Gusecki casually like in his tight end room. Yeah, like that's not. I I know uh, what Gavin is doing. Like, I'm not going to say it out loud because, like, that's what I'm trying to do, um, (laughs) as well, but. I know what Gavin is doing here, and I'm not going to let him do it because I know I, I know what the play is. I know what th- – there is a reason he sent out 10 Hunter Henry trades today, and I don't think it takes a genius to figure out where he's going with that. It, just trying to sell him. I, I do feel bad for getting rid of Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen is going to be like a play this year, but like I don't, I don't know where he fits in my roster with Jacoby Myers and like – Jahad Dotson and like OBJ, like yeah. on my bench. Like I got T. Higgins and like every like I'm I'm sure I'm sure that, that that's famous for last words, right? But like Yeah. Yeah. Thielen also could just get hurt and like be out half the season. Yeah. I got Jordan Addison too. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. So uh, I, I do have one update for you on conference realignment. We're finally getting to, like, non-movie things. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We're, we're probably, like, 30 minutes into this thing. We're getting non-movie things. So I have one update on conference realignment before we get to whatever the fuck we're talking about next because I forgot what our schedule is. All right, Beans. So there's a meeting. Potentially in the next 24 to 48 hours, probably 24 to 36. So do you remember last week when I told you about Stanford, Cal, and SMU? Yes. Did I tell you about them last week? Yes. 
for all of you who don't remember, Stanford, Cal, and SMU have been angling to join the ACC. As nothing says Atlantic Coast Conference, like Dallas, Texas, Berkeley, California, and Palo Alto, California. <laughs> but they've been angling for that, right? So they brought out the heavy hitters. George W. Bush has been lobbying with the ACC and Condoleezza on behalf of SMU, and Condoleezza Rice has been angling on behalf of Stanford. Don't know who's angling on behalf of Cal, but, you know, Stanford and Cal are probably a package deal at this point. But so we have two very important and high-ranking politicians angling for their schools to join the ACC. And this is all cooperated by Brett McMurphy. So this is real. This is like, this is real. This isn't from my like dummy, like fake source, unidentified fake source. You know, like this is actual news. Like that actually happened. George W. Bush has entered realignment. Mm -hmm. So there has been positive momentum for Cal and Stanford over the last 20, like 12 to 24 hours, apparently. Pause momentum. I don't know anything about SMU, to be honest. I don't know. SMU, good luck. But there's been positive, there's been positive trends. So one of two things happens next. Either A, Stanford and Cal don't make it into the ACC. And what probably happens then is it's either a merger, it's probably a merger with the AAC. Basically, the AAC and Pac-12 would merge. They'd make like a Pac-16 probably. The AAC would probably just be gone. Yeah. Which also technically means that Wichita State become a basketball-only member of the Pac, uh, whatever the fuck, which would be really funny. <laughs> I didn't the even Pac think about West. that. I forgot about that. <laughs> the Pac-West. Whatever it'd be called. Yeah, whatever whatever name they're going to give them. American Conference is probably what they yeah. call it. Yeah. But um, anyways, so they would do that, or they could do the same thing with Mountain West, and probably what would happen is they would have that, and then they'd probably try and steal some like of the high-end Mountain West schools, so like San Diego State, Colorado State for marketing, like whatever. That's the boring option. That's what. That's the boring piece. Now, you know what the exciting piece is because I told you about it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Exciting piece is that Cal and Stanford do go to the ACC. What does that mean, Beans? It means only two teams left in the yeah. pack. So Oregon State and Washington State, two of, the mo- two of the least desirable folks, right? Kind of the also-rans or whatever. Now, what does that mean if there's only two teams in the pack? That means that those two teams control everything related to the Pac-12 and its conference because it will be the only two members left, right? So what does that mean? That means that the Big 12 could theoretically merge with those two Pac-12 teams to absorb all the Pac-12 assets, which include the Pac-12 network and their NCAA credits for that season. 
So that means we could have an influx of cash that can cover. Because right now, there's a pro rata agreement between ESPN and the Big 12. So any Power 5 school that comes into the Big 12, they get $22 million from ESPN. Fox doesn't have that. So if Fox doesn't want to pay it, which they likely won't, that means that Oregon State and Washington State would come in at $22 million instead of $31.7. But if they have all the NCAA credits, then it's possible that they would basically be able to maintain equal balance until we renegotiate our conference. Now, why is it important that the Big 12 absorb these assets? What can happen there? Beans. What's better than non-conference football? Conference football. Correct. <laughs> you know what you can do when you have 18 teams in a conference? Make it two conferences. I don't know. You can play a 10th conference game. So they would cut down. Okay. Well, you would take your third non-con game turn them into another conference game i don't really know the logistics of how that would work necessarily doesn't really matter per se but you have another conference game and what can you do with that extra conference game or those extra conference games that you now suddenly have between having an extra game every week and just another week of games what can you do with that beans you can sell it for more money and how, can, and how can you sell it? You can produce it on the new Big 12 network that's already established. So it's the rebranded Pac-12 network. It's already an established thing. You don't have to make it from scratch. You get it for free. You get to put games on there, and it subleases it to Amazon Prime so they can get their foot in the door. So you stream some of your games on Amazon Prime. Why didn't the Pac-12 just do this? Uh, because the Pac-12's deal was basically about 25-ish million, but they were going to have to pay like some sort of cost that was going to make it more like 20. I don't really remember. It was somewhere between 20 and 25, but all their games were going to be on Apple TV, so there was no linear exposure. And then a lot of the extra revenue was going to be based off of subscriptions. So the question then becomes, would you, so if you reached, we'll call it 4 million homes, right? Yeah. If you, if, so basically the way it would work is you have your Apple TV and this is how MLS works too. You have Apple TV and then you can buy a subscription to MLS and that's how you watch the MLS games. So you would do the same thing. You have to buy Apple TV and then you have to buy the Pac-12 like subscription as well. So, basically, to get to the Big 12 number, you would have to sold so many subscriptions, and you would have gotten no ESPN coverage, no Fox coverage, no any. Like, you would have just been on Apple TV. Yeah. So, it's, would you rather take the $31, $32 million and be on ESPN and Fox, or the 25 that might be a little bit less than 25 and only people who have Apple TV that want to buy your product see it. Like, how do you, 
basically one of the questions is how do you get a five-star recruit to come to your school when they ask how do my parents watch the game and you say they have to buy apple tv and then like get a subscription that that just sounds like so many hoops though and how many how many bars are going to be playing your game not many because not many bars have apple tv yeah now again Streaming services are going to probably be the future of watching TV. Yeah, that's reality. This is why I want the Big 12 to be able to do this Oregon State, Washington State network plan. Because I want us to get our foot in the door for streaming because that's what's going to happen. ESPN eventually, so ESPN is eventually going to move like a lot of shit to ESPN Plus, right? Yeah. Like that's what it will be. But like we need to get to i would the, i want the big 12 to be at a point to where they are forward thinking and i think that would be a good way to do so i think they are forward thinking but it's just yeah brett, brett yormark's done a real good job I've, I've been really impressed with excuse me his business making decisions here he's obviously being reactive and proactive at the same time so something like this would be very proactive. Yeah, uh, off piggybacking I think that's off of the where we're going to be heading is a thing too. Yeah, but again, we'll we'll know that we'll we will know more next week because basically, if Stanford and Cal don't end up in the ACC in the next forty eight hours, it's probably not going to happen. At least yeah. this, this go around it. it the Pac-12 still, everyone left of the Pac-12 still has a year to find, well, not a year, ten, nine to ten months to find a landing spot. Their contract and the defection took place, uh, it's either June or July 1st. Can't remember which one. I think it's June 1st. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, I would enjoy it. Boop. You know what I enjoyed? The blind side. No, I was going to say Kansas City football being back, baby. Kansas City Chiefs. Did I didn't you watch, watch any of that season game. You didn't watch any of it? I listened to some of it on the radio and then yeah. got back to my place and I like took a nap. I don't <laughs> I don't care about preseason. I like, took I took life. one I took one right after I was exhausted. I yeah, your batch party, brother. That was fun. The BP. No, no, yeah, watching the game, I was uh, there. There were so I like Loki. Like I do love watching these preseason games. Like it's not as riveting or as like you know as exciting as like a real game. But like I enjoy seeing the uh, how could you construct the fifty-three man roster after watching these games and. Going in from the offseason, I was worried about so many death pieces. Like, what are we going to do if somebody's hurt? What do we do if Chris Jones ever decides to fucking come back? And, like, I'm watching nothing. nothing. And yeah, like, I'm watching a lot of this, and I'm like, wow. Like, I know it's a two, two, you know, one versus ones, and then twos versus twos, threes versus threes, et cetera. But, like, I'm watching these games, this game, and I'm like, this... 
our threes are pretty damn good. Like our twos, like we've got a lot of depth pieces that could mesh well. And now it's kind of coming down to like, in my mind, like how could the chiefs construct the roster? Like how many corners are we going to have? How many wide receivers and tight ends are we going to run with now? Echo Boyda looked good. Uh, I can never say his name. Halassi, the corner is Halassi. He looked really good. Uh, You know, it's just, it it was a good weekend of watching football and, you know, and then after that I took a great nap. (laughs) I, like I said, I, I heard they got down like 14, nothing or like seven. I don't even know. Yeah, Derek Carr, Derek Carr was slinging that thing, man. Well, he that, that's good. my problem, though, is Chris Jones is not salivating because he has all the leverage. Because our ones look like garbage without him. Is he salivating or is he losing money? Is my thing. Like he's up to a billion dollars. because the Chiefs are going to have to fucking you know get him in the building. He'll have to play at some point. He can't just sit out for a whole year. He's not. He sure fucking can sit out for a whole year. <laughs> Excuse me. Good luck being a free agent after sitting out a whole season. I don't think that would be a problem. Being, really uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. He's not a running back, brother. He's one of the best defensive rush tackles of all time. He is. But what can I say? What can I say? Uh, <clears throat> from the game, uh, the the. the you know, you're not going to get a lot of these like Clyde Edwards-Alaire running with the ones doesn't mean anything to me because he's in uh, his home state. He's back home. Like uh, that Pacheco doesn't play. Pacheco's hurt. He's back in his home. You know, like it. You know, by week one, Pacheco's going to be the RB one. So uh, that you could take that with a grain. You could take that with a grain of salt. Um, Pacheco is the running back one. Well, no, like. Fantasy aside, I could give two shits about fantasy when it comes to Chiefs football. It's yeah, second round pick for Pacheco. And no, uh, <laughs> two second round picks for Pacheco. We'll think about that. Uh, anyways, give you two second round picks and a third if you uh, say yes right now. Say yes to the dress. Yeah. Um, the one that really caught me was Justin Watson. Uh. Rolled with the ones, he got the same amount of percentage of snaps as the ones. So, like that tells me Justin Watson is staying on this roster. So we're probably gonna roll with three tight ends, seven wide receivers. Oh no, um, Watson. But Nico Romijo, he looked really good. Uh man, I'm just excited. We had a good, we had a, we have a good young crop of players, and now we get to see him week two going into the Cardinals, which looks like a dumpster fire weekly. So. We have such a good crop of future XFL players. No, not. <laughs> we'll, we have a. We'll, I, I will say this. We'll have probably a really good practice squad. And uh, somebody like a Daenerys Prince going on to the practice squad won't make it through waivers. Somebody like a Halassi or an Echo Boido, they're not going to make it through waivers. Nick Jones will make it through waivers. I want Echo Boido to make that roster so bad. He would, that guy got so overshadowed by Julius Brents. It was unfair. <laughs> he was. And there is strong talks. His, you know what his downfall is? He's five, five foot nine and 175 yeah, pounds. <laughs> it's the same. He's a worse Duke Shelley. Yeah. Yeah, Duke which Duke Shelley looks good. Right? We 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 should have had Trey on. He he went to Raiders camp this last week. God damn, you know, fuck that. You know, I got it. Beans. 
we're having Kaylee on at some oh, She would. She, she could talk ball. Well, she yeah, she interned at the fucking Raiders camp the entire yeah. summer. Yeah. Oh, dude. We'll need to have. Trainer, we'll have that. This, I'm talking to him immediately about this. We need to have that before Raiders game. Oh yeah, I like that. Um, it might be easier for. So I, I would need to talk to her because, like, you know, she, she does KU as well. Yeah. She, she's uh, on the uh, equipment staff for KU. Yeah. So I don't know, like, how busy. Like, her, she's obviously going to have a busy schedule with that, too. Mm-hmm. So we'll figure it out. I'm going to talk to Trey about it. Oh, yeah. But anyways. But- I'm a genius. You know, we are so – we have so many women in sports that we know. It's <laughs> awesome. I love it. We are so diverse. <laughs> We're like, anyways, the, we're like the worst ball knowers. It's like such a microcosm of like the Barbie movie. It's like we're just the men who have the podcast, but like all the women we bring on are like way smarter than us. <laughs> we're, we're, we, we just talk, we just talk ball. We just talk, we're, we're just armchair addicts. We could yeah, give two shits just, about the logistics behind things. And we have like actual people who cover this shit and do shit. <laughs> God, we have no. <laughs> And also, also, you know who's going to make this roster this year? You made fun of me last year for saying this. Malik Herring. He's making Ooh. it, baby. Malik Herring's making this roster, baby. He, there, was, there, was, there was one time he, they moved him into D-tackle and um, in like a little NASCAR package. And oh my God, he just... This roster, I'm excited. What's that? What is a Malik Herring? He played for Georgia. He would have been like three years ago now. He would have graduated from there three years ago. A lot of the national title team don't care. Yeah. So. So, anyways, yeah, no, it, that that game was good, even though they lost. Shane Bouchelle looked good as well. Um, for somebody who's really short, it's fun watching him throw because he just throws his whole body into a throw just to sling um, it. And it. That dude, when he was at Texas, I thought I thought he was going to be Sam Ellinger. Like, I always thought that dude was good. He is good. And there's a reason, and like... like Elliot literally just stole his job somehow. I don't know how he did it. Because that dude well, is ass. Okay, so Shane, Shane Bouchelle, like, people forget, like, he was on our practice squad last year. Kyler Murray got hurt. And Arizona was about to, sni- like, s- just snipe uh, Shane Bouchelle off our practice squad. We elevated, we activated him just so that way we could keep him. So there's a reason like they want him in the room. I'm almost wondering if he's like taking Blaine Gabbert's second string position. Like I, I think that's something they would like. I, I think, Oh man, dude, he's still young. He's only like 20. He's only like 25. Blaine Gabbert's 33. I wonder if he's the guy after Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert's 33. Like Andy Reid likes these older. He, there's no way he's only 30. He was in the 2012. He was in the 2011 draft. Yeah, he was in the 2011 draft. So that is only that is only 12 years ago. So yeah, he is only 33, 34. And Andy, but Andy, Andy Reid likes these older second string quarterbacks. Chad Haney's road second well, string dude, for the I past. Mean, like, Lane Gabbert's a great backup quarterback, though. He is. Yeah, he's a great and backup to have. Yeah, he fits right in, right in with the Kansas City mentality. But Shane Bouchelle will be on the roster as the well, because this is the new rule that you get to have like a 
backup quarterback or like a third yeah you get a third you get a third string quarterback it doesn't go against your roster count that's what he's there for then yes he's he's making that third and then you could have a, a ludican uh christian ludican or however you say his name where did He'll, he go to school who a ludican he went to south dakota state that's right yeah i could he was the quarterback for them when they won the natty yeah I couldn't and, or maybe he wasn't. I don't remember. It doesn't and matter. then you roll with the same thing that you do with a Ludican, you know, like you just start rotating. You, Andy Reid's done this. He, he likes to keep the same core of quarterbacks because you know how hard it is to teach a quarterback the playbook for Andy Reid? Pretty yeah. damn difficult. So if you just keep them in the system for a while, at some point that person will be a backup and you just keep rotating them through and cropping them in. I, I very much see Blaine Gabbert being on this roster for two years and then like Shane Michelle will then be like 28 and just ready to be the backup for like the next like five years. Yeah. No, and that's perfectly fine. Ride that, ride that coattail. Dude, and he looked good. He looked really good. He, he did look all right. Like SMU baby. Yeah. He, he looked really good. Oh, I yeah. was really impressed. And Justin, Justin Ross finally got an NFL touchdown, not statistically counting but you know it, he still has an nfl touchdown now got that under his breath uh, under his belt you, you're starting to get game experience uh, uh find out some wrinkles um going into arizona just keep doing the same thing i think we're going to see a lot of roster defining moments here like the twos are going to probably play yeah, that, a lot that's longer be a twos and threes game I'm pretty sure that's how I'm pretty sure that's how Andy rolls is. Now week three game. of preseason, the week three of preseason, I imagine first strings will probably get a whole maybe, maybe oh, a, a half probably. Yeah, probably a whole half. That's always kind of been Andy's mo, and I I don't really know if it's changed since they got rid of the fourth preseason game. But normally it's like everyone kind of just gets to get their feet wet in the first one. Yeah, the second one is like all right, like. Show me what you got or whatever and like lock down your roster spot if you're like on the twos or whatever. And then the last one is normally just like, oh, we're going to like play the first team like pretty much the entire time, maybe mixing some twos. And then like, hey, you're fighting for a roster spot. Um, Good luck and thank you for playing so our starters don't get hurt. Well, yeah, that's 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 very true. Um, and one thing we've kind of talked about is like joint practices here lately. Um, Kansas yeah. city doesn't run. Kansas city doesn't run joint practices. They don't do that really? at all. I didn't really ever realize that. Yeah. They a lot of fight in, in joint practices recently. And I know that's kind of why we were bringing it up. Um, but I didn't ever actually realize we didn't do joint practices. Yeah, no, there's not that there's, I don't know what Andy Reid's philosophy is behind it, um, but we we haven't done one. It's not to my knowledge. But yeah, it's well, and yeah, you get like NFL players in kind of like an unstructured. Like when you're in front of fans, you 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 kind of have more structure. When you're at practice, like it's a little different. It surely has to be like every because you know how. If you if you ever played football, especially like in high school, I'm sure college was even worse with it. But like once you like put the pads on for the first time, like everyone for the next like two weeks, 
is like super amped about like having pads. Yeah. So you just get beaten to submission and then you're less excited. And it's just kind of the grind at that point. Yeah. But for the first like two weeks, everyone's like super amped about making big hits. And I would imagine that like you don't want someone who's not on your own team to like go lay someone out because like they don't. Here's the thing. Your safety, you probably recognize. And again, I know that Travis Kelsey guy had that fight with the other guy too. But like your safety, most of the time recognizes that like that guy's good and he shouldn't be doing bullshit if he wants to make the roster. You know what I mean? Like that third yeah. safety covering Travis Kelsey, which is funny because you know. But like the other team, the other team safety doesn't give a fuck about Travis Kelsey's health. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and yeah. I think that's I think that's why he's. And another thing you also have to remember is there's no longer roster cuts as the preseason goes along. They get to keep that ninety through the f- whole three weeks of preseason. So you know, that Monday is brutal. Also, what's that? That Monday, like after, is just brutal. I yeah, like I'm gonna be watching my phone real closely, and hopefully we don't see like Echo Boido is cut. The thing that sucks, this is from a fantasy perspective. The thing that really sucks is that like that Monday is usually when everyone gets cut, like not after necessarily the last preseason game. So like for our fantasy draft that we're doing, like we're doing it the day before the K State game, so it's like after preseason games. But, like, dudes are going to get cut after that draft. Like, you won't – you basically have to draft, like, the day before the season starts. Yeah. If you want to, like, avoid that stuff. But I digress. So, now, yeah, um, going to Arizona, we're going to see probably Blaine Gabbert versus maybe a Clayton Toon matchup here. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that – they might throw Colt McCoy in there to, like, warm him up some, some more. Yeah. By the way, um, just so you say Clayton Toon, this has nothing to do with anything we've talked about. I just want to shout out Dorian Thompson Robinson for being really good. He's looked really dang good. I, I, I'm kind of impressed. I, I really want to see what he does this next week because he's been pl- he, he's been playing against the threes. So, like, he's been looking good against threes, but they're starting him over Kellen Mond, presumably against the twos. So I want to see who does against the twos. If he does really good against the twos, then like Deshaun Watson might be in some trouble, you know. <laughs> like, I, I, I would highly doubt that. Um, but I mean, here's the thing. Deshaun Watson is like probably an unmovable contract at this juncture, but if like Deshaun Watson got hurt for four games and he looked really good, he's a guy that a team might trade for that like is like looking for quarterback competition or looking to like fill their quarterback cheaply. Someone like maybe a Tennessee, right? Yeah. Like if Willis and Levis aren't like, you know, lighting it up, Tennessee might be a team that ships a third round pick off for Dorian Thompson Robinson because they were too mid to get the quarterback they wanted. So I yeah. I, I I do want to see what he does. But I believe Beans you have a segment for us. This is the first segment we've had in a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got roster uh, schedule predictions for uh, the Kansas uh, City thank, Chiefs. Thank you, Christ Almighty. I thought you were going to say roster predictions, and I was just going to leave. 
I don't give a I, shit. I'd like that. to do one of those here probably when we get closer to that time. But I, no. I think, um, before, I, I think the week before, you should give me your roster predictions and then we can like we can like reveal like the next week. Like So I usually do that every year. I do a pre like roster prediction and I grade it. Um what'd you get last year? I get like an 85, 80% usually, like a B. Okay. I see the vision. So like a lot of times a lot of times I rank higher than what like actually happens just because NFL, <laughs> you know, I also, but I also take practice squad into consideration and that's real difficult because a player has to make it through waivers before practice squad. Oh yeah. So that's a little difficult to I, do. I feel like, okay. I feel like if they're going to put them on the practice squad and they don't go through waivers. Then like that doesn't count. <laughs> no, but for, I, for, I do, I do include counts, the practice squad. Like it counts for you is what I mean. Yeah. Like it, it's what they were planning. And just because they couldn't do it is like nothing you could have predicted. No, I just like doing that. So the fact that I shoot like an eight, like I think the first year was an 80. Second, last year I did like an 85, somewhere in there. So like 90 this year, right? We're going for 90. So hopefully, yeah, let's get a 90. I, I, I should go back and look at it and see what it'd be without the practice squad players. Well, I, you know what? I'm excited for it now. So I want to grade you and I want to like see if you passed Wamigo High School. Is there really a way that you could not get 70% on that? Like, I mean, like, not to be like an ass, but it's like. No, it's super 20, easy, especially because, like, 22, you can get the 22, 22 right. Really, it's 24. Like 24 20, players are guaranteed roster spots, which is like. Well, 25, 20, 25. Well, because you got James Winchester, Harrison Butker. Oh, okay. And, yeah. James Winchester technically does count as 25. Yeah. So, I mean, so like. It's a shade under 50%. So really, like, it's just predicting which 23 players are going to make the roster out of the other, like, 70, I guess. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I, I guess I don't know what a good score for that is. Not to, like, be an ass. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, beans by 90. So, What's our so schedule predictions. Woo! Schedule prediction. Yeah. All right, so let's let's go ahead and break down the schedule. I I was gonna look up how we did last year, and I forgot. Oh, I think mine was like not great. I think I had uh, dude, none of us were great because like none of us were great because like we didn't think the Chiefs were gonna win a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. <laughs> well, I, I I also didn't really think they were that good last year. Like, I don't think yeah, but like we, I think I had the highest like score or grade on them, and I had them at ten wins. So. No, there's no shot that I didn't have them getting 10 wins or didn't have them at least getting 10. Maybe you had 10 and I had 12. I don't know. I think I, think I had the most had wins. Like 12 or 13. And I, I had like the most wins. Yeah. Because so I specifically remember thinking about a game that I wanted to give them a loss. And it was like, if I don't like let them win this game, then they're going to like not get the 10 wins or 11 wins. And that's just not going to happen. So with right, week whatever. one, we're gonna. I'm doing this in real time. I've not. I've not looked at the Chiefs' schedule because I don't care. <laughs> so on week one, we have the Detroit Lions on a Thursday night, Thursday, September seven at seven twenty p.m. Okay. Jameson Williams will not be playing. <laughs> that's your. That's that's your. That's my boy. Reasoning. All right. So beans. 
Do you want me to give analysis first or do you want you? You can give an analysis and I can do the follow-up. So my view of this game is a lot of times the team that ends up winning the Super Bowl does not do super well (laughs) Um, that first game. A lot of teams don't. Um, but that's normally because they try and put like a high powered team against that team. Like the Rams last year got the Bills, the Bucks the year prior got like the Cowboys, who like were coming off of a not great season, but like, you know, still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the Patriots got the Chiefs that one year. Um I don't even remember who the Chiefs got that Thursday night. Do you remember who they got? Mm-hmm. They won the game. I do know they won that game, I think. Doesn't really matter. But I think here's the thing. Andy Reid is definitely is coming off a very long bye week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, several month bye week. And honestly, like Detroit outside of the dome just isn't quite the same team. And I think Jamal Williams leaving is a little bit more impactful than people want to admit. Because mm-hmm. he was more of like the heart and soul of the team. They got new players and everything, but they're probably better on the aggregate in the running back room, but I feel like their like fire is gone. Like the vocal leadership of the team is gone. I kind of feel like Detroit is being a little bit overrated because they didn't make the playoffs and they honestly didn't get a whole lot better, I didn't think. So I I think the Chiefs will win that game. Okay. I agree with you. Um, Like you said, with the bye week, you know, Andy Reid's got a lot of time to prepare for this game. I think, you know, with the unveiling of, you know, us winning a Super Bowl at home, I I think the amount, the atmosphere and the crowd in that game is just going to be electrifying. I don't see how the Chiefs don't win this. And I agree with you in every sentiment of, I don't think the Lions are quite there. I think the, I think Lions, the Lions are feel good. like a 10-win team. I feel like they're going to be good. Like, they will be better this year, I feel like. I just think it's going to take them some time this season to get into that mold. So with that, I think they're going to win. Week two... Uh, it's a Sunday game at noon, which is one of their few noon games. Um, that is kind of a, that is nice for me, and the fact that there's not a ton of noon games. I don't. Because, I like noon games, but I also have like a hate, like a love hate relationship. I don't mind the four twenty five, three twenty five games. You know. Well, I like it because I can leave at noon from my place and then like yeah. be home in time for the game. Uh, um, it's at Jacksonville. Way, the, the uh, first game for the Chiefs post Super Bowl Fifty Four was the Clyde Edwards Alaire game, where he had a bajillion yards against the Texans. It was a rematch oh. of the uh, divisional. Yeah. Um. So they they are at Jacksonville for Week Two. W. Um. Jacksonville's not that good. <laughs> Everyone. This is another thing. Jacksonville and Detroit are very similar where they have like some buzz and excitement to them. And Jacksonville, I think, has a little bit more momentum, honestly, because they did make that playoff. Because they did make the playoffs. But to me, 
Jacksonville still wasn't very good last year. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, no, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. To me, it just doesn't feel... Yeah, to me, it just doesn't feel very... I, I didn't really ever feel like we were going to lose to Jacksonville in that game until Patrick Mahomes got hurt. And then, like, even when he got hurt, like, we still won. Like, Jacksonville is very meh, in my opinion. So, I hate the analysis behind, or the analytics behind my reasoning for this. But, it's hard to say, because you're kind of off a little mini-buy there, going from a Thursday to a Sunday. And that kind of gives them time to rest, prepare, and rest is week two. But it gives them kind of a little mini buy going into Jacksonville. However, there's always a certain few games, and it's always early, where Kansas City just drops. They just can't play. Like, a good, a good one that comes to mind was Tennessee a few years ago. Like, just where you just drop it. And I feel like this is just one of those games where... Trevor Lawrence is going to come out and just play lights out and it's a noon game and we just go home and come back again next week, you know? I could see it being a malaise. I just don't necessarily see it. This is also all predicated on, like, Chris Jones actually playing this year, by the way. If yeah, I'm, I'm not – yeah, I'm taking, like, Chris the, Jones The season playing. is very different if Chris Jones is not playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like ETN. I think Tank Bigsby, they got a little thunder and lightning action there. Uh, Calvin Ridley being back, that, you know, that team looks pretty good offensively. Week three, you have the Chicago Bears at w, home. Baby. That's w. a big w. That's, That's a big start to the season. It's, it's, that is like the easiest hard start to a season, if that makes sense. That is, you're basically playing Navy. I call Chicago basically professional Navy because <laughs> just of how many times they're going to run the ball and throw the ball. <laughs> um, I don't think, I don't think there's much more to that. I, yeah. I mean, dude, I'm not sold on Chicago, right? I, I like, dude, here's the thing. I like Justin Fields and I compared him to Josh Allen coming out of the uh, draft. Believe I can. I think I think I compared him to Josh Allen and Cam. I think I compared Josh Allen to Cam Newton. Then I guess it fields to Josh Allen, I suppose. But like this is the like Josh Allen's existence was pretty much two years of running around like a jackass, like turning the ball over and like not being a thrower. And then like he got Stefan Diggs, and then he was like elite, right? So, like, now yeah. we have DJ Moore. And DJ Moore isn't Stephon Diggs. I, I'm not trying to, like, have anyone pretend that that is the case. But, like, this is this is it for Justin Fields. I should say this is it. This is, like, the point in Justin Fields' career where we're going to find out if he doesn't do anything else, then, like, we're done here. Like, he's a running quarterback who's not an elite thrower and will be out of the league in the next three to five seasons. Or he's the next Josh Allen. It's one of the two, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, we'll figure it out. Like, this is the Justin Fields, like, figure it out season. No, that's, that's, that's a very good point. Um, so, again, I'm not, like, sort of – I don't think Justin Fields is bad. I just don't think that 
that game is going to be annoying is what I think. Um, but I just don't think the Bears roster is very good. So we, I don't know. Casey can't see, out them because Casey like, will just have to Casey will just have to figure out their screen game, you know, stop the screens. Well, like the screen here's one thing. The screen game is funny and like Justin Fields having like negative air yards in that game is funny. But like the reason those screens work is because Justin Fields is so athletic that like you can't like fully commit to the screen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so but, that, 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 I, I do like your point there where it's the figure-it-out game for Justin Fields. The plot, though. Matt Nagy revenge game, potentially. Oh, lights out, baby. And don't forget, Ryan Poles is a former uh, former inside guy on the Chiefs, is now the GM for Chicago. So yeah, there's a little... The game is a lot more interesting than you would think. There's a lot um, of, like, KC and, like, Chicago, like, connections there. It's, of, it's very... A lot of intertwining. Yeah, so, that... Yeah. Who's their head coach? I forget. Is it Eberflu? Uh, yeah, Matt Eberflus. Yeah, okay. All right. Week, where are we at? Four. We are at New York. It's a Sunday game at 7.20 p.m. We're playing the Jets. So, I like to do... I like to do things in sections, right? It used to be really easy because I used to be able to just do sections of four. So I'm going to give us a – so where is this game at? Is it at New York? It's at New York. I'm going to give us a loss here. And it's really less so about us definitely losing to the Jets and more of us – Definitely losing one of the four games that we've talked about, right? Yeah, the, the game where Kansas City just loses one. This stretch of football, I don't see being a foreigner stretch of football. And so I think the the Jets is the type of team, I'm assuming that game's like Sunday night football or something. 7-20 on a Sunday night. Yeah, that's Sunday night football. Aaron Rodgers is going to show up, and like what's going to happen is the Jets are going to like beat the Chiefs. And then that's going to be the big I, – I, you see the media narrative already, right? The Jets are going to be like 3-1 and one or 4-0. Oh. They'll, they'll probably be 3-1 and one after that game because they'll lose to the Bills week one. And then it'll just be a big thing about, oh, the Jets are contenders. And, like, that would be the story. The Jets will be 2-1 and one probably or 1-2, and two, God forbid. But we'll say 2-1 and one going into Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs. And they're either contenders if they win or pretenders if they don't. And they'll win, and like everyone will slob on the Jets' knob or whatever. So I'm gonna go with they win. Aaron Rodgers like outduels Mahomes. We've never actually seen Aaron. No, Rodgers yeah, this is the first. Mahomes. This is the first Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes matchup. If it happens, um, so I'm, I'm just gonna say that Aaron Rodgers pulls it out because Mahomes like can't ever beat Brady either. So we'll just pretend Mahomes can't beat the old guard. That'll be another narrative. They'll, they'll meet yeah. the playoffs to a win. No, this is very much a playoff. You know, it sucks that it's this early, but it's definitely a playoff caliber game. New York's yeah, definitely... You need those games early in the season. Oh, yeah. This this is selling tickets. This is TV, man. And yeah. I, I think this is one of those electrifying games. New York's really improved a lot um, over the year. I think they're going to keep getting better. Uh this is going to be like just who can stop who? Can our secondary stop the electrifying offense of Aaron Rodgers and, uh, you know, 
Now they got two running backs and Brees Hall. Yeah, I think that is one thing that I want to bring up is I know that Jacksonville will have a good ground game with ETN and Tank Bigsby. Yeah. Like Brees Hall and like Dalvin Cook is probably the best one-two punch. And our defense has had trouble before stopping the run. Yeah, so I think that's why I'm calling this a loss as well. Um, I do think too. Yeah. Uh, the next week we are at Minnesota. It's a Sunday, three twenty-five kickoff. They were frauds last year, anyways. So um, Justin Jefferson will do whatever he wants against us, but they were frauds. So I don't care. Chiefs win. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of them either. Chiefs win. I, I, yeah, I don't think. I don't, I don't think. I don't think they've. Ever, I, I seriously don't think they've gotten better. I still think, like Kirk Cousins is. There's always this line of quarterbacks, and it's the Kirk Cousins line. Are you, yeah. are you better than him or are you worse than him? Like I, I love Kirk Cousins. I'm just not impressed. Is like my yeah. thing. Yeah. Like Minnesota was like fine. Let they they were a team that probably needed to win. It probably should have won ten games, and then they won like three really close games that were toss-ups and that's how they won how like 13 games or whatever it was. All right. The next week we, it is at home versus Denver. It's a Thursday night, seven fifteen game. So we go from Sunday to Thursday, quick turnaround. Um, so I don't, so here, uh, this is going to be a spoiler. Whenever I do a schedule prediction, and I think you're good. And I think you split with the divisional team. I usually just say you're going to win the home game, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, I, I think this is finally the year where Denver like gets Kansas City back. So I think that's kind of a spoiler for like later in the video. Th this feels like more of the game they can get, where like it's a quick turnaround. But like on the other hand, like they're at home, and like I think. I, that's just not my mo for, um, like picking schedules. So I'll give the Chiefs a win here, but like spoiler, like they're gonna split with Denver in my opinion. Uh, I still am not high on Denver. Um, I don't know. Like maybe this is the year Russ gets it figured out, and maybe it was Nathaniel Hackett the whole time. I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen enough Denver this off season to kind of guess what they are about. Uh, I'm just going to come out here with a win on this one. The next week, it is at home against the Chargers. It's a Sunday 325 game. I am currently walking a friend through a fantasy draft a little bit. Oh. I guess I could talk while you... Um, with this game, I, I think... So like how Sam has us splitting it with Denver, that's how I feel with the Chargers. Um, man, the Chargers do look pretty good this year. They're, they've lost some players on defense, but that offense just keeps getting a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. Um, I think this is the one where the Chiefs is going to get kind of like, like last year's game where it was that late like push to win. Uh, there towards the end. Uh, so I think, I, but I do think the Chiefs kind of come out on this one. PPR. Bajin, okay. Barkley, or Chubb? So she's going Kelsey and a running back. 
Bajin, Barkley, or Chubb? HP Barkley. PPR. Barkley? Yeah, he gets more pass catches. I really, really, really want to say Bajin, but I'm going to look at Jackass. But... Is it redraft or? Redraft, yeah. Yeah, it's Saquon. <clears throat> there might be a slim chance that you can get Bijan later. No, it's it's a eight man snake. Oh no! So they're getting Kelsey at eight and Saquon at nine. Yeah. All right, who are we playing again? <laughs> Damn it! Uh, it's the Chargers Sunday three twenty five game. I said um, the Chiefs are going to win this, but it's a split. Or away? At home. At home. Okay, this is, again, spoiler alert, this is what I do. Um, they'll lose the away game to the Chargers. Um, we'll just pretend that because we play on Thursday going into this game, it's like a fake bye week. So I'll give them the win here, which, again, this is a lot of wins just to give. I don't really <laughs> love where this prediction is necessarily going for okay. me personally. But um, I'll give them the win in this one, mainly because they'll be splitting with the Chargers. All right. Again, uh, I don't know how Denver does this every year. We always play Denver, then we're off of off for like we play a different team for a week, and then we're back playing Denver again. I don't know how we play Denver twice in three weeks all the time. Uh, okay, well, yeah, at, I already explained. Uh, we're gonna lose that one. Yeah. So, so what week um, is that? That would be week That's week eight. Okay, so I have the Chiefs currently at six and two with losses to the Jets in Denver. Yeah. And I have them at six and two as well. Oh man. We're a little we're a little too optimistic, Beans. Um I have them winning this one. I again I'm not high on Denver. Um See, now here's the here's the fun game. At Germany, 8.30 a.m. kickoff against Miami. We got the Tyreek Hill show and Kansas City showdown. Honestly, give me give me the Dolphins. They're, really? I, I think going overseas is going to be weird. Um, I think Miami has actually gone overseas recently. They, so, I think they did last year. Yeah, so they have more experience going overseas. Um, and honestly, just like... I am losing to Denver, and let's just make it another one, right? Uh, Miami will take it personally for Tyree Kill or something. I don't know. It, the Dolphins are a team that, like, I find it very hard that our defense is actually going to be able to keep up with them. You yeah, know what I mean? The, they have such an electrifying, fast offense. Um, and plus, we have two. I have given them two. They have too good of a record. Six and going seven and two is like with the roster that we have is not something I believe would happen. So also, just say we lose to Miami. I, our wide receiver, or our secondary against their wide receivers. I, I think it's a bad matchup because they're fast as shit too. They're a bad matchup against everyone. Yeah. They're fast as shit. The only thing that I think they've taken a step back on is that Jalen Ramsey is out for the season. Ah, uh, yeah. But like, I think they could just match tit for tat with like what they can do on offense. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it becomes. It just becomes a well manicured German field with no any with no damage on it. So it's a fast track, and it's just and not it's so not bad. a home game for anybody. It's just weird. Like in eight thirty, you know what? I bet you it's a home. It's probably a closer home game for Kansas City. I would say. There's a big German. Well, there's a big German market and. 
uh, for Kansas City there. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's um, the German market, and honestly, Mahomes is such a – no offense to anyone on Miami, no one on Miami. I would bet that 90% of people in Germany here, – here's what I would say. The, the Venn diagram of people who know Patrick Mahomes and any one player on the Dolphins – is not very large in the middle, I feel like. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's so like casual. It, it's like it's like knowing like Kevin Durant on the Suns. Yeah. Like no, they don't know anyone else from the Suns, except for maybe Devin Booker. Like that's just like they don't know who DeAndre Ayton is. Uh week ten is by, and then the following week, uh it's uh at home against Philadelphia. That's a Monday at seven fifteen game. Yeah. See, I was That's a, giving us a loss, but it's off a bye, so I don't care. So we're winning. I agree with that. Thank you. Uh huh. Um, so I think with that, that's going to be a. Can we not hide the fact that this two games like that back to back just electric? Yeah, I I, I love this schedule. Really off a bye is like needed. The fact that we oh, yeah. bye means that like we will probably we probably have a good chance to win the game. Us, if we didn't have that bye. Yeah, that'd be rough. They might be throwing coming back. Yeah, Kenny Gainwell might be in the might be the Eagles starter by then because of Rashad Penny <laughs> and DeAndre Swift getting fucking hurt. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I think because of the buy, and also I'm loving the smack talking that's going back and forth. I think this is one of those over my dead. This is an over my dead body game. Like you're not going to see and, Patrick. He's going to want to win that game. Like. Not just win that game, but like win it by multiple scores. Like you're not. This is okay. I I call these certain games where like you don't get Patrick Mahomes, you get Levon. Like you get just a different side of him. And I I think it's just one of those games. All the crying that Philly's been doing, like it just that is a game that I know Kansas. That almost might be a thing with Miami too. Then like that's another reason why Miami might win that game. Is because Kansas City is probably looking forward to this game the whole fucking time. Yeah. The next week, uh, it's at Las Vegas. It's a Sunday game at 325. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me explain this one. So oh, I didn't no. think I didn't think that Vegas would beat Kansas City. I and I still don't. Okay. And I don't know the rest of the schedule. So this could get retroactively changed. But I also wanted to pick Philadelphia over Kansas City. But I didn't because of the bye. So I'm just going with the bullshit excuse that, well, it's in Vegas, and we just beat Philly, and it's a big emotional win, and it's a letdown. I'm going to say they lose unless we get to a point to where it's like, oh, um, like Kansas City suddenly like at 11-6. and Then maybe I might retroactively change it. I don't think Vegas is good this year. Uh, well, this... For you, um, yeah, Ch- change my loss to win. I don't believe that like at all. Okay, I honestly Thank feel you. like we would have a higher chance of losing to the Eagles off of a bye than we do Vegas, just in general. I, I agree with that statement a thousand percent. Vegas is not that good this different. year. I'll find a more believable game for us to. Lose. We're, we're either gonna. S- we're either going to see a Jimmy Garoppolo or an Aiden O'Connell at, at quarterback here. God, what it? Oh fuck! Who? Who did someone? Say, oh, they said he looked like a 
Oh, he looked like Farva. He looked like a yeah. He He said he looked like like, Farva from Super Troopers. I was like, oh shit, he does. He does. He's an athletic Farva. So we're either getting athletic Farva or a a model of a QB that. Yeah, whatever. I I can't pretend that we're gonna lose to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Then we're at Green Bay. It's a Sunday primetime game, seven twenty. All right, this is the one I'll say that we'll lose. How about that? Jordan Love almost beat Kansas City once. He can do it at home this Okay, time. but Matt Moore was Matt Moore was the starting quarterback. That's not true. That was Mahomes was playing that game. He played the first quarter and his kneecap was to his side. That is Denver, you dummy. Mm. This was when we couldn't score two years ago. Oh, that's right. And they put Jordan Love's family up in the fucking. Uh, like- <laughs> oh, I remember that now. Okay. Yeah, that, this is yeah, Jordan that, Love revenge game. How about that? Yeah. Okay. No. Um, I, again, I need to find a believable team for us to lose to to make up for the Eagles game that I don't actually think we're going to win, but I'm not betting against Andy Reid coming off of a bye. So Green Bay is a weird trajectory this season. Like, either they're just going to shock the living shit out of I, everybody. They are the middest mid. They're going eight and nine or nine. Yeah. And eight. Like they're, they're going eight. to be the middest of mid. I don't think they're going to be bad. Like at all. Like I think they have a good enough defense and they always just kind of look pretty good, but like either they're just going to shock the shit out of everybody and just like somehow win 12 games or they're going to be eight, and nine. Yeah. All right. Um, by the way, I have chiefs winning that one. Molly. Hi. No. Um, at home versus Buffalo Sunday three twenty five game. I think the Bills are low key kind of cooked. You think so? Low key, like really low key. I think um, if we played them earlier in the season, that'd be different. Um, I, I low key think they're kind of cooked. Um, I think they've they, they've been in their podium for too long and no no i i just think their window is closing that's um, true i'm gonna give us the win because it's at home um really right now the one afc team that i would say like we'll lose is like the Bengals because the Bengals do yeah. have a number for better or for worse they won last year and like that's just kind of how it happened but I, I know that the bills were really hurt Last year, by the end of the season, and like the whole Demar Hamlin thing, but like, I just think they're kind of cooked, dude. They like got, they got their ass kicked, like by the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and they almost lost to the Dolphins. Like, I think they're, I think they're cooked. No, you know that's I mean? a good, that's a good point. I, I do think this will be a, like another good game. It's going to be close, whether or not it's a twenty-one. Again, this is probably one that I should have put for a loss and, like, Green Bay should be win. So, th- this is really, like, fish in a bucket, honestly. But I think they win that one. Like, I mean... I do, too. Josh Allen's beaten the Chiefs, like, once. Yeah, and... Right? Like, it's once in the regular season last year. Mm-hmm. And, like, we kind of got our ass kicked, but that was when they were really healthy. Yeah. So, I, so, I, I agree with you. The next week we're at New England. It's a Monday night, seven twenty seven fifteen. Monday night at New England. I think that's a lot closer of a game than people think. 
Um, what what do I have the record at right now? Oh God! I think I have us losing like th- four, three or four games right now. So what week are we at? You're at 10 and 3. 10 and 3. This is like a really old foes game. And I kind of almost want to give them a loss for it. You know what? I will give them a loss for this one and basically just say we're losing one of the Bills game or the New England game. How about that? Uh I, I don't I, think New England's that I don't think New England's that good. Like there this will be a what? very I don't think they are either. But man, it just feels like one of those games where like they're gonna be like halfway in the playoff race. And like Bill Belichick is just gonna pull out like a master class. You know what I mean? I don't know. I do think it's gonna be a tight game. Like New England somehow always does this. They keep it close, keep it tight. Uh they're very much a run team with a very strong defense and I'm, this I'm is gonna, gonna be a loss for funsies. How about that? I'll give us the win for funsies. How about that? Yeah. So we, I got go. a 10 and four. How about that? Yeah. Uh, then it's Las Vegas. That's a Christmas game on a Monday night. Oh, yeah, that's a Christmas present. Already elaborated on that one. That one's at home too. So it's a real. Yeah. That's a good, that's going to be a good, like just rub it in your face. Get fucked game. Um, <clears throat> this is going to be a fun game. All right. It's at home against Cincinnati on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, yeah. Give them a loss. They got our number. Oh wow. They got it. They got our number. I don't know, man. This could be the Levon game. It, we said it was going to be the Levon game last year, and it wasn't. So no, I have them losing this one. The fact that it's New Year's Eve, it's a Monday. Or no, that's a Sunday game. But it, it's New Year's Eve. It's like just weird. Um, you know, like, and like you said, Joe Burrow always has our number. Um, it's just going to be a bunch of haymakers, man. Back yeah. and forth all day. Yeah. It just feels like that game means a lot more to Cincinnati than it does to Kansas City. Is kind of how, yeah. It Which means I, like, I think they want to win that game. I Cincinnati's roster is better. It's the same thing with the Eagles and Cincinnati last year. Kansas City basically barely squeaked out both those games. It's because they had Patrick Mahomes. It's yeah. not the other team's roster was better. No, I agree. I the loss, so I think I got us at like what eleven and five. Yeah, believe it or not, you and I have the same record. And then the last one is the Chargers away, right? At Chargers, they don't have a. They it just has TBD beside it. Uh, well, that's because they don't know if it's going to be a Saturday game that's or not. A, yeah, it's a flex game. So, um, I'll give us the loss on this one. Um, yeah, eleven and six. I think eleven and six is about the correct team. <clears throat> Man, I just don't want to match you, so I'm there and say they win. I I may I came to a very I got there in a very weird way, but I feel like eleven and six is like the right range for what I feel like this team should be. Yeah. I I don't feel very confident that this team is going. 
winning the winning the division is going to be tough just because we have to play the first place schedule and the Chargers get to play the second place schedule. Um, but we'll see. I, I Can think we just not hide the fact that our schedule is hard? It's a good schedule. Our schedule, dude. Okay, I don't want to sound like complainy or I, I don't even know what this would be really. The first place schedule. So we've had the first place schedule for like six straight years, and every year I look at the schedule, I'm like, God, this is hard as fuck. And then they keep winning. I don't know how they do it, but they just keep winning. But every year I look at that schedule, I'm like, God, this schedule's hard as fuck. Like last year, we were looking at like those first like eight games, and we're like, God damn. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that schedule last year to start was brutal. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, we're at Germany. We got Philadelphia. Like, there's like mm-hmm. no get, for me. There's no layup games other than like the Raiders. I think is about as close as it gets. The, to the, the only layup games are divisional games. It's crazy. Like, I feel like the Bears is like a weird, like... There's a lot of prove-it teams, like Minnesota, that's a prove-it team. Chicago, prove-it, you know. There's no Texans or no Cardinals. Like, teams that are just bad, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those don't even start our schedule this year because we're playing the... uh, It's because we're playing the AFC East, who all the teams are good... And we're playing the NFC North, North. where all yeah. the teams are fairly good. Because, like, normally the Lions are just not good, and that's kind of a layup. Or, like, the Bears are bad. But, like, I get that the Bears were the worst team in the league last year, but, like, there's a lot of exciting things going for the Bears. Yeah. The Bears they're, are still kind of a layup game, if we're being honest. Especially that, that, in the season. It, it just, yeah. Um, and also, look, so, question. What is the record if Jones sits out the year? I think you lose at least two more games. Yeah. I think I think Jones is Jones is at very least one game of like changing the outcome. So Do you have any game winning sacks? Like how many times he's had a sack at the end of the game in the fourth quarter just to seal it? Yeah, I think and Frank Clark not being there too has the potential to hurt a lot. I think uh, I think this could turn into a very um, 2018 Chiefs type season where Mahomes is putting up dummy numbers because he has to put up dummy numbers. This isn't a Bob Sutton defense. Don't you dare compare the two. I, I'm just saying I the defense is very unproven. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Very young, very uh, you know, unknowing of what it could be. But I don't think you'll ever have a Bob Sutton defense ever again. No, that, that so I, I like our records. I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm excited for the season. This is a great, it's a great starting point for the NFL season. Uh, uh kicking off here. Molly, do you have anything to say? She does not. Okay, so I don't think I don't think we took I think we took Kelsey, but I don't think we took Saquon, and Saquon is just apparently wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, I think I see. 
I think I see what's happening. Okay. Okay, so Kelsey got picked, so she got Diggs and Barkley, which I think is fine. I would have low-key maybe went Tyreek and Diggs, though. But there's a lot of good wideouts, so Barkley probably a must. I'm guessing Bashin must have gotten taken early. Love me some Bashin. That dude might be a fantasy fucking freak this year, by the way. This year and for the next five years. Yeah, that would say for the next five years, running backs don't last that long anymore. <laughs> All right, so you have 12 and 5, and I have 11 and 6, right? Yep. All right. Now, Beans, I have one question for you. Okay. This is Sam's thought-provoking moment. Um, All right. Show on. So I got asked today um, to make my Chiefs quarterback Mount Rushmore. Ooh. And I was kind of fucking around, right? So I put Mahomes, and I put um, Len Dawson, right? Obviously. And then I put Chad Henney and Tyler Thigpen, like to be like a jack. <sighs> and the guy asked, like, wow. where Alex Smith would go. And I was like, oh, you just replace uh, Chad Henney. Because, like, I was just like, oh, I want Thigpen on my Mount Rushmore. Because, haha, like Tyler Thigpen. Tyler Thigpen was, like, the beacon of hope and some dark times. But then like he asked, he said something like, Oh, but you're taking Henny off. And I s thought about it. And I was like, where does Henny rank on like the all time quarterback list for Kansas? God, He's got like for such little downs he's played. He had probably some of the most impactful moments in Kansas city history. Like he is a part of like, us being two-time Super Bowl winners the past. That's like the thing, though, is, like, Chad Henney, like, low-key kind of what up. Chad Henney is low-key responsible, for better or for worse, because he nearly threw away that Browns game. It was so bad. But he is, like, low-key responsible for getting us to two Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, a major aspect of it. And if he's I'm not sure I'm like, do you want to put, like, Joe Montana on there? It's, like, kind of. But, like, who's the quarterback you think of after Len Dawson, Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes, and Joe Montana? Like, if you does Trent Green Montana, Does Trent Green make that? Trent Green, that's a good shout, by the way. Trent Green would go over Joe Montana for me just because Joe Montana is cool. a weird person to, like, try and put there. I mean, you probably could. No, you can't even say Damon Hewitt. God damn. God damn. <laughs> He had one good season, I think. Um, man, we had some dark times. Do we had Warren Moon there for a stint? I don't think. I don't know how he did. I wasn't really alive. I wasn't even alive. So. No. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I. But like, that's the thing. But um, am I high for like thinking that the next thing for this is to uh, so if you have Barkley, right, you should just take and so you have you have Barkley and Diggs. You should just go one of Etienne or Najee Harris and like Jalen Waddle, right? If you can, 
Like that's yeah. the move, isn't it? Yeah. That's what I thought. I don't know. I'm trying to do everything. But anyways, like part of me is just like, I don't give a shit about Elvis Cigar back. I don't even know like anyone who started like before the nineties. Man. Like I don't yeah. talk yeah, Todd Blackledge. Like there's, like there's no quarterbacks from like the time that Len Dawson retired until like Joe Montana. It's no I like, guess Todd Blackledge. And that's because he was a bust. You know what I mean? Like that's who it is, right? Yeah, no, there's some dark times, man. Like you remember Brody Coyle? Is Chad Henney on the Mount Rushmore? I think maybe. He's got to be like if he's not, he's like the sneaky candidate for like, like, oh my god, you know, just just to be like a just a fucking wild thing. I think he should be on there just because of what his moment was in Chiefs history. With me, give me Mahomes, Len Dawson, Chad Henney, and Alex Smith. I guess. Yeah, Alex Smith kind of did pave the way there. And like Trent Green, Trent Green, Trent Green is just like looking in the background, like, well, I'm so very confused about where this draft is going. So, uh, yeah. All right. No, so right now, Tess's team is Stefan Diggs, Barkley, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones. I actually really, for an eight personally, I really like that start, actually. There are so many not good running backs, and those are both just good running backs. Yeah. So uh yeah, you ready to you ready to head out, my guy? No. Okay. Now I am. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, everyone. We want to again oh my goodness gracious. Status on Kittle alive, <laughs> alive with a complicated QB set. I, I need to end this show before I answer this text. All right, everyone. Thank you again for listening to the Flyer State Sports Show today. I've been your host, Sam Long, with Beans, Caleb, the Bean Jubal. And we really want to thank you for joining us today. There's absolutely no life in my voice because I've been trying to multitask everything here. If you enjoyed the show, especially this outro, which has been awful, please consider following us on Twitter at underscore, underscore, F3S. That's underscore, underscore, F3S, all capital letters. And consider purchasing merch. All the episodes will be linked there except for the last one because Beans never sent me the text for that one. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Idiota. But anyways, follow us on Twitter, like I said, or find us on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Pods for all your podcasting needs. Beans, do you have a last word before we sign off? Cheese. And with that, we thank you again for listening. We'll see you next week. And have a great rest of your day. God bless and peace out. Gavin, I hope you're having fun cutting your grass.